Hey friends, it's Mark James and it is Wednesday the 15th of February. The time right now as I record this is 9.27pm. I bet you thought I wasn't going to drop a podcast today or this week or ever again. God knows. If I was Lizzo, I would have started that with, Hi motherfuckers, did you miss me? I'm loving Lizzo at the minute. What I'm loving actually is that Joshua is really into Lizzo. He loves those albums. The language is quite choice, but then he listens to Eminem, so I'm sure it'll be all right. (laughs) I'm also freezing because we haven't really been putting our heating on very often. Because the problem with putting the heating on is that you heat the whole house when you're generally only sitting in one or two rooms. So we haven't been using the heating a lot, but what we have been using is small electric fan heaters, which apparently are better because you don't need them on loads. They get the room boiling and then you're only heating the one or two rooms that you're in. So we've been using those sporadically and intermittently to get places warm. So right now I'm sitting in the living room, which I've just hoovered and tidied. Sarah's in the kitchen making dinner, which is going to be chicken, but with like a blue cheese sauce. Joshua is upstairs. He's probably gaming, but he's also today practiced Duolingo. He's practiced the guitar. He's learned a magic trick or two. I'm really trying to get him into a wide variety of things more recently with these holidays and just using his free time a bit differently. As I told you a few weeks ago, I've sort of limited his game time to 14 hours a week. And, um, That means that his spare time can be used for loads of different hobbies. And that's what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to sort of uh, guide his time a little bit more so that he does a variety of things. You know what? He's got pretty decent on the guitar. Already he can play in a nice, consistent strumming pattern between C, A minor, E minor, G, D is a little bit more of a struggle. E, he can kind of get around some, some bass chords and, um... He's doing all right. He's doing really well, actually. I think that he's going to be a, a good guitar player if he just sticks at it. And I'm going to force him to stick at it for at least a year. And if he sticks at it for a year at 11 years old, by the time he's 12, he should never really need another lesson from me again. He'll either be able to continue completely by himself or he won't. But at the minute, he's doing really good and I'm very proud of him. And I've taught him a couple of really simple card tricks as well and given him a little prop case to keep all of his stuff in and a couple of nice decks of cards and he's learned some other stuff. So that's good. Uh, tonight we've just been out. Sarah's had a, a scan, a um, a CT scan. She gets like a midsection CT scan once every... Well, she had it after a month and then she had it after three months and then I think she'll have it in another three months. So she has it like... I think she has to have it four times in a year in total, but she had it after the first month and it showed no appearances of anything, which is what you want, obviously, you know, because having immunotherapy and stuff can trigger or can make it easier for secondary cancers and stuff to appear. But I suppose the logic is it's better to know what's there and what isn't. But hers came back perfectly clear. So I'm sure the second one will do the same. I mean, so far they've described her as basically a model patient. She is healthy she has no lipedema or you know like um sagging or excess water or anything like that and she's doing really well we're very happy and feeling very upbeat about everything which you know you know how terrifying it all was and i still now get a little bit anxiety when we have to go to appointments and stuff but to be honest it's been fairly smooth sailing i don't want to put words into sarah's mouth and say that it's been easy because i've only 
being a passenger in the car that she's driving and and even at that i'm probably asleep for quite a lot of the journey she really knows what the journey is but um generally she's okay but then again she wouldn't moan about it that much to me because she knows how quickly i get freaked out so where the fine line between me trying to be supportive and her trying not to make me worry to the point that it stresses her out (laughs) (laughs) but we get on just fine we had a nice night last night we went out for valentine's i'm gonna work backwards a little bit i think so that was today we woke up late we um stayed in bed for ages and ages and ages we probably didn't get out of bed till after 12 we just watched tv and stuff in bed and it was nice and chilled joshua went out for the first time with his friends outside he walked to where his school is he found his friend's house from there and He stayed out with them for a few hours and they called on a couple of other friends and played in their garden and stuff. And then I picked him up. And so that was a first for him and it was a big step. He's going to do it tomorrow as well. So that'll be big time, him going out and playing with his friends, like just by himself. Um, Sarah and I decided fairly off the cuff that it would probably be okay. Sometimes you just get a sense. Sarah starts to say something and she'll glance at me and if I don't raise any objections, she'll push forward. And same with me. I'll start to make decisions based on Joshua. And if she doesn't interject, one thing that Sarah and I always do is that we absolutely always back each other up in front of Joshua. No matter what, even if I don't agree with what Sarah's saying, I'll back her up in the moment. And then later on, I'll say, what was that about? Or, you know, whatever. But we always back each other up. And generally, we make decisions fairly off the cuff, unless they're very, very major. Um, and it warrants prior discussion. But today, he said, all of my friends are playing out. They're playing at so-and-so's house. I'd love to join in. And I said, well, I think that would probably be okay. I glanced up at Sarah. She was smiling. I said, so if you want to get ready and walk down there and meet them, you can. But there will be some rules and provisos and that's when Sarah interjected with her rules and provisos and I did too and all went well so he went out and played he had a good time I had a rough night the night before because we ordered takeaway I really am working backwards Sarah and I it was Valentine's Day yesterday happy Valentine's to you and your uh, beloved Sarah and I went out for some beers. We left Joshua in the house for like two hours while we just walked to a couple of pubs not far from home. We had a couple of beers. Joshua's 11, by the way. I think that's key in this in this thing. So um, we had a couple of beers and then we came home and we decided to order food. And we ordered from this place called Six Burgers. And I ordered everything that was on buy one, get one free, basically. Wings, burgers, nachos, uh, corn on the cob, everything. And it all came and it was delicious and we ate it all. But I ate a couple of things that I wouldn't normally eat. Liquid cheese sauce is sometimes a trigger for me for a bad stomach. And we went to bed. I actually fell asleep on the couch. We finished Minority Report and I went to bed. And I woke up at 3.30. It was 3.31 a.m. exactly. And I thought, I am not comfortable enough to go back to sleep. I feel like I could fart. But I also feel like I could go to the toilet. I definitely don't feel comfortable just going back to sleep. So I'm going to go to the toilet. And then I did fart a a tiny one. And it was not a pleasant bouquet to the nostrils. Let's just say I didn't enjoy 
whatever gas was created inside the chamber of my arsehole, I decided that it was not pleasant and that it would be fixed. Because if you do a smelly fart, you need a shit, basically. That's how it goes, isn't it? If you do a smelly trump, you need to go for a poo. So I got out of bed and I went to the toilet. When I sat on the toilet, I was faced with two problems. I definitely did need a poo, but I was also absolutely freezing. So I had a bit of a poo and I felt like I needed some more, but I was too cold. So I wiped my bum and checked that it was clean. And when I say check that it was clean, and sorry that we're so deep into the weeds on this, but if you're not used to me by now, you you wipe your bum, don't you? Your bottom, your bum hole. And then you look at the paper. And if the paper is clean, you know, by sort of Sherlock Holmes process of elimination, that your ass must be clean. If you wipe your butthole and the paper has no poo on it, then there mustn't have been any poo on your bumhole. That's fairly sound logic. So you throw the paper away. But if you look at the paper and there's poo on it, you fold that paper in half so that you are hiding the poo from the world. And then you use that now slightly thinner bit of paper to wipe your bumhole again. And if that has poo on it, depending on how big a piece of paper you started with and how brave you are, you either fold it again <laughs> or you throw it away and you start, you get a new piece. And then eventually when that paper's clean, you know your butthole's clean and you, you, you go away. Now I knew I still needed the toilet, but I was too cold and I was worried that I might die on that toilet like Elvis. So I made sure my butthole was clean and I went and got back in bed. At this point, it was like 3.47 or 3.48. So I laid there, really needing the toilet, knowing I didn't want to trump, but also waiting to get warm enough to go back to the toilet because I sleep naked. This could have all been solved if I had to put a jumper on or something to poo in, but in the middle of the night when you're really tired, your brain's not really at full speed. So I got warm enough, then I went back to the toilet and I pooed again fairly normally. I wiped my butt, checked it was clean, went and got back in bed, this point, it's like 4.15. A lot of time is passing on the toilet. I'm met, I've got a deck of cards in there, which I'm practicing a few basic card moves with. But also, I am struggling to get my poo out. It's taking a while. And then eventually, I'm warm enough in bed that I go back to the toilet. And this time, by 4.30, I poo again. But I can only describe the onset of some fairly explosive diarrhea kind of irritable bowel syndrome type diarrhea if you've ever had irritable bowel syndrome you'll know what the diarrhea looks like it comes out as a fairly thick gravy like brown substance that floats on top of the water it makes a sort of barrier on top of the water and it just lies there like sludge and it has a very particular smell and it's no fun something in the food that we had set this off on me the only stuff that usually sets that off on me is if there's like i've mentioned this before but if you have spaghetti bolognese or chili con carne or anything and there's like a yellowy orange oil that sits on top of the kind of on top of the mince or sometimes is in the pan that is really bad for me so whether it was the way the burgers were cooked the oil from them or whether it was the liquid cheese or something something set me off anyway i went to the toilet several more times and eventually it was five thirty-seven, and so i knew i'd been awake for over two hours going to the toilet getting back in bed going to the toilet getting back in bed playing with my phone in bed going to the toilet playing with a deck of cards going back to bed playing with my phone while i got warm enough going back to the toilet messing with the deck of cards 
Eventually, it felt like it was done. I wiped my butt, it was clean. I went and got in bed, I went back to sleep. Woke up at like half nine and um, that was about it really. And then I went to go and get my car and my car had its MOT. MOT stands, a lot of people will know that they have to get an MOT, but they probably don't know what MOT stands for because they'll think that it's motor test or something like that, but they won't know what the O is in the middle. I've asked loads of people and they never know. MOT just stands for Ministry of Transport. And it's the Ministry of Transport's test to check that your car is roadworthy. I don't know that they have this in other countries, but in the UK, you cannot legally drive your car on the road without both road tax and a Ministry of Transport road legal test. Usually you can't actually tax your car without an MOT test, but mine runs out like a week after the tax. So I always am able to get my tax and then I need to get the MOT because you do both of them per year. So I got my tax over a week ago and then I, my MOT was due today and the garage rang me and said, to get this car past the MOT, it's going to be £405 or £403. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's also not the best thing in the world. But you know what? We can handle it. £403. I paid it. I needed a new LED unit for my lights. And I needed brake pads and a couple of other bits. And basically, it was all fixed. I've got an advisory as well, which basically means there's something else wrong with your car, but that it's not desperate enough to make it um, fairly MOT. Hold on one sec. I'm doing the podcast. Someone's just messaged me uh, saying that they are uh, ready to play Call of Duty. And Sarah's making dinner. So I'll probably do another 20 minutes, which will bring this podcast up to 35 minutes. And we'll have a slightly shorter one for this week because I don't have a huge amount to tell you because I spent half the rest of the week on the ship. Um, I'll just check that Cameron is ready for that as well. Uh, anyway, so I paid £403 for the MOT test and I got my car back and that was good. I went into Preston and I got a watch strap because you know I got that Tudor watch I told you about last week. Well, Sarah wants to wear that watch too. Well, I want Sarah to wear that watch actually because she likes it. She maybe even likes it more than I do, but she likes it. So I want us both to be able to wear it. And when you've got a bracelet, a metal bracelet on a watch... Two different people can't wear it unless they have the exact same wrist size. And obviously, Sarah and I do not have the exact same wrist size. So the best way to get around that is to have a uh, strap instead, have a um, leather strap. So that's what I did. I went and got a leather strap and got it put on. Sarah's friend at work put it on for me, Harry. And um, it looks great. I'm really pleased with it. It's a great, uh, It's a great look. It's changed the look of the watch a bit. I think it makes it wear a little bit more casual slash smart. It covers both sort of spaces a bit better, really, if you want to be able to wear it for both. So I'm pleased with it. I actually got one yesterday, but I brought it home and Sarah didn't like it. She said it was too dark. And the more I looked at it, the more I agreed. I didn't love it straight away, but I thought it might grow on me. But this new lighter bracelet, I love. Uh, new lighter strap, I love. So I'm really pleased with that. And then we had to go and get this scan.
that was tonight uh, and I picked Joshua up. So that was all of those days. Yesterday we didn't, uh, sorry, that was yesterday as well. Monday was my uh, day waking up at home after getting home from the cruise. So I basically did absolutely nothing. And Sunday was the day I flew home. So let's go back now and, and move forward chronologically through the week. By the way, I just have to give a shout out because um, somebody else reached out to me and sent me a message to say that they listened to the podcast and I was absolutely thrilled. So this is a big shout out to uh, Donna from Newfoundland. Am I saying that right? It's Newfoundland, but I think it's pronounced Newfoundland. I think that's how they say it. Basically, it's in Canada, but it's near... um, I know I know parts of it. St. John's is the airport there because there's a couple of other people who follow me on TikTok and stuff are from there. And there's a band from there that I quite like that sing this song called Heave Away. They're quite into sort of shanties and stuff over there. It's a, it's a, a, a well-loved genre of music. And uh, a friend from over there got me into it. And there's a song called Heave Away. Uh... Come get your duds in order, cause we're bound to cross the border. Heave away, me jollies, heave away. That That's how it goes. Anyway, so massive shout out to Donna, who sent me a message to say that she first started following me through my TikTok and uh, alternate day fasting and all that sort of stuff, but then started listening to the podcast and enjoys listening to the podcast on walks and all that sort of stuff. So uh, thanks, Donna. This is a massive, massive shout out to you in Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Is that right? One of those two. Anyway, so let's go back in time. I posted the last podcast on Thursday and I finished it off because you remember I woke up after feeling not seasick, but not quite right. And I woke up Thursday morning and did the last bit of recording. So um, that day we were in Madeira and I actually did some running. It was really nice. Madeira has got a very, very flat Considering that it's effectively a giant mountain, a lot of the Canary Islands are sort of volcano, volcanous, vol, volcano mountains, volcanous, volcanous, live long and prosper, one of those. So anyway, but the coast area is very flat. So from the ship to the complete opposite end of the promenade was, a, was an entirely flat, straight road. So I walked the entirety of it and it was just short of uh, two miles and that's when I started to run. So I basically ran all the way back and then I ran quite a bit of a way back to where I came from and then I walked back to the ship. But I actually really enjoyed the run. I do love running abroad, and I started that new thing of uh, Five Kilometre World, which I mentioned about Lagomera. So um, I really enjoyed running in Madeira. It's a nice place. But once I'd finished running, I got changed at the ship and went back out again and then decided to go shopping and walk around. And I went to some cafes. I had a couple of uh, pastel donatas, which is sort of a national dish of Portugal. And uh, Madeira is part of Portugal, even though it's an island. Some of those islands are Spanish. Some of them are Portuguese. And some of them, I think, are something else. But on Madeira, they speak Portuguese. So um, I had a nice walk around, I had some pastel donatas. It's basically an egg custard, but more vanilla-y. I think a pastel donata is to the egg custard what French toast is to egg bread, 
If you know what all of those things are, you'll know what I mean. But I really do enjoy the pastel donata. They are delicious. The ones I had in Madeira, I have to say, were a bit average. I think they were pre-packaged. I thought I was going to get some beautiful artisan stuff. But actually, I think it was pre-packaged. And I stayed out the whole day until well after 8 o'clock. The ship was sailing at 9 and you had to be back on board by 8.30. And I didn't get back on board till 8.15pm. And it was quite funny when I got back on board, I had a message from the assistant cruise director saying, we might need you to go on tonight. Um, I'll let you know. And so I panicked and messaged back saying, oh my God, I've just got this message. I'm back on the ship. But the show surely starts in 15 minutes. What's gone on? Uh, do you still need me? And it turned out that that message had actually been sent to me the day before, but I hadn't read it. Um, so I, I squeezed out a little trump there. I don't know if you heard it. Did just knock a little one out. I hope it came across on the podcast. <laughs> Anyway, um, that message came a whole day before, but I hadn't read it. So it turned out they didn't need me, but they thought one of the singers was going to get signed off sick. But it turned out he was OK in the end and uh, he didn't get signed off and they were able to do their show. But that was a bit of a panic for, for a minute. Just before I got on the ship, I went to H&M in Portugal and I bought a hoodie and the hoodie says natural experience but the P-E-R is actually P-E-A-R so it says natural experience and there's a little picture of a pear on it I quite like it it's a nice little hoodie it's cool and whenever I wear it it'll remind me of Madeira Hopefully, when I actually lose some weight from running and eating healthy again, that hoodie will end up way too big and it'll be a hoodie that I just wear baggy around the house. But at the minute, I'm not wearing it baggy around the house. I'm wearing it fitting around the world, getting some natural experience. But uh, that was that night. So that night I went and watched the team show. They did a show called Musicals and it was pretty good, you know. The sea was a bit rocky again, so... The dancers weren't in the show, just the vocalists, but they have six vocalists on the ship. So, and three male and three female. Actually, they use different language now. They say three male identifying and three female identifying. And if ever you see auditions now, it says male identifying dancer wanted or whatever, which is... It's interesting to see how that's moving. I wonder at what stage it will... Caught, things persevere nicely don't they until they start to cause problems and i wonder what problems that will kick up or how they'll navigate it it's an ever-changing world and i'm excited to see how it changes i'm just going to reposition my seating a bit so um i watched the show and i really liked it to be fair the musical show it was good uh, the cast were very good the guy who sang Mu uh, music of the night from Phantom of the Opera. I think his name is Kobe. He was very good. That number absolutely crushed and everybody liked it a lot. So um, I enjoyed watching that. And I was definitely awake because while I was out in Madeira spending the entire day after running, I had um, three coffees. <laughs> three uh, lattes or flat whites. Did I just have latte? I don't think I learned how to say flat white in Portuguese. But... Um, I mean, obviously you say café con leche for coffee with milk in Spain. And they say the same in Portugal as well, but they pronounce the leche as leche. And it's, it's spelled a little bit different, but it is café con leche. Like uh, in Spain, you say, I was trying to buy some white eggs. And in Spain, for white eggs, you would say huevos. Huevos is eggs. Blancos is white. You say huevos blancos. So you might say, do you have white eggs? You say, tienes huevos blancos. 
uh, and I did that in San Sebastian de la Gomera, but I could not find any white eggs, nor could I find duck eggs. Uh, pata is duck in Spanish. Uh, huevos pata, duck eggs. Pata like P-A-T-A. Um, it might be pacha, and I was pronouncing it incorrectly. There is an accent. But anyway, um, but in Portugal, in Portuguese, white eggs is ovos brancos. So huevos blancos becomes ovos brancos, which was interesting. But I couldn't find any there either. I didn't learn duck in Portuguese. <laughs> but uh, I, I knew it in Spanish already. But anyway, so failed to find white eggs. So I ended up doing the half-dyed silk trick instead of the silk to egg trick, which they both fill the same space in the show, but it's not a big deal. So, um, yeah, I bought the hoodie, got back on board, watched the show, uh, got a bit confused by the whole situation of days being moved earlier and stuff. But uh, that night, actually, after Madeira, the team show was the night before. The night, uh, the musicals thing, the night of Madeira when I got on was the night that John Fisher had joined the ship. Now, John Fisher is a lovely man and he is a Gary Barlow tribute. Not only does he look a lot like Gary Barlow, I recommend you check him out, John Fisher, Gary Barlow. He must have loads of YouTube videos. Uh, not only does he look like Gary Barlow, but fuck me, does he sound like him. I mean, he sounds exactly like him. Like, freakily like him, too much like him. You really think you listen to Gary Barlow. He's fantastic. And to be fair, he absolutely smashed the shows he really crushed the audience loved him and i was pleased for him to be fair because he's a lovely guy and i had plenty of time to talk to him and i was wanted him to kill and he did kill so good on him uh, i watched his first show and then i just kind of hung around the ship and went and did some work and stuff like that and that brings us to friday now friday was a sea day and friday was always planned to be a sea day and that's crucial everybody knows they're going to be at sea because we are sailing a little bit further and we're going to Agadir, uh, push pineapple, shake the tree. We're going to Agadir in Morocco. Now, on every week-long cruise, you will find that you get a sea day or occasionally two. And there are good reasons for this. Obviously, the ship have got plenty of preparation to provide entertainment and food and all that sort of stuff and you can't knock the food actually there's barely a moment on Tui when food isn't available I mean I think breakfast goes from seven till half eleven then at half eleven they start lunch until half two and then at half three they do afternoon tea until half five and then at six o'clock they start evening meal until half ten and then at half ten they do midnight buffet until one o'clock in the morning and in between all of those things there's also this place called the snack shack where you can also get food so that's the buffet restaurant obviously the rest of the ship there's loads of other restaurants that you can book into and all that sort of stuff so not only is there plenty of food available and stuff to do but i think it probably is financially important to the cruise company that they have sea days because of course if they're just floating at sea they don't have to pay port fees because when you dock in a port I don't know how much it costs. I wonder if there's information online. I once heard that two overnight in Dubai costs like 300 grand or something. How much does it cost a cruise ship to dock in a port? I wonder if there's any... Um... Oh, this is interesting. There actually are figures here. Um, 
I wonder if they say, where does the money go? Hold on. The cost. <clears throat> okay, this is interesting. So, Harmony of the Seas cruise ship to dock in Port Miami is $81,000. Uh, to dock in Port Canaveral is $15,000. Oceana Regatta to dock in Port Miami is $6,500. And Port Canaveral is $3,500. So, I guess that it depends on the size of the ship. It's worth bearing in mind that Harmony of the Seas and Symphony of the Seas basically anything with of the seas at the end of it those ships are the absolute biggest ships that are at sea uh let's have a look actually this would be interesting oceana regatta passenger maximum let's see what it says um okay so oceana regatta can fit 824 passengers on 824 passengers bear that in mind Let's have a look what Harmony of the Seas uh, maximum passengers. This is going to be interesting. Sorry about Google, and I know it's boring when I Google. Fuck me. Harmony of the Seas can take 5,479 guests. How crazy is that? Apparently, it can take 6,500, but they don't as a rule. So... For the ship that can fit 874 passengers, it costs six and a half grand to dock. But for the ship that can take 6,000 passengers, it costs 81,000, which seems fair, I suppose. Essentially, it's 10 times the money because they have 10 times the passengers. So now you understand why ships like to have a sea day or two because they save a huge amount of money by not docking in ports but also if they're at sea the the law is different as well so they're not allowed to have the shops on board open and they sell loads of stuff they sell aftershaves perfumes makeups if you imagine the duty-free section of an airport Basically, the ships on a the shops on a ship. God, it's like a tongue twister. Basically, the shops on a ship sell all of that stuff: handbags, makeup, sunglasses, uh, tech stuff, like you know, earphones and iPods and all of that stuff. The ships they sell all of that stuff too in their shop on board, and. They're pretty big. There's a whole one deck, like half of one deck is dedicated to these shops. They have clothes, shoes, everything you could possibly imagine. But they're not legally allowed to have those shops open whilst they're within a certain amount of miles of the coast. They have to be at sea. So if you have a day at sea, you can basically have the shops open from nine in the morning till ten at night. And... You also are saving a ton in port fees. So I think having a sea day is a good thing for a ship in general. Financially, it's almost a requirement that within a week long sail, you would need to have you would need to have sea days to make it worthwhile. Sarah just shout, shouted for Joshua, which means that food must be very nearly on the way. She's just walked in the room. Dinner's ready. Dinner's almost ready. Come here a sec, come and say hi to your friend. Oh you're plating up? She's plating up, she can't come and say hello. The friends. Hey, the friends! She's remembered. Dinner's ready. It's been that long. It has been that long. Um, bye, the friends. Bye, the friends. So that was a sea day. I was really, really bored, and I also wanted to run, so I decided to do it on the treadmill. 
It turned out to be, I did not enjoy it. Let's just say I do not enjoy treadmill running. It's not as good as um, running in the real world because you don't get anywhere. So it's boring. I want to run in the real world. However, I did do 5K and it took me 32 and a half minutes. I was not helped by the woman next to me on the treadmill who must have been about 85 years old that was absolutely crushing steps for an hour. <laughs> when our steps are back together by the way the band i wonder if the singer with the blonde hair is still racist she got in loads of trouble didn't she on big brother and now they're back all i ever see is people in the comments of stuff about that going we haven't forgotten what you did i wonder if their tour will be popular everyone deserves a second chance don't they as long as she's changed her opinions her bigoted stupid opinions um anyway so i spent that day basically getting ready ready for my show that was going to be the next day i'd always planned to use the c day for that so i got the props out i rehearsed some of the routines i repracticed the multiplying bottles trick and all that sort of stuff i also made lists and i found out that i've got 58 magic routines that i'm basically willing to do tomorrow you know i've got loads more than that but ones that i don't like anymore i don't think are very good but i've got 58 full routines that i'd be willing to do in any show any day of the week so that's good the sea was quite rough, and then an announcement came on that night that the port of Agadir, push pineapple, shake the tree, wasn't going to be open the next day currently. But the captain decided that what might be a good idea is to push forwards and still get there and see if they change their mind by the morning. The general consensus was that we didn't believe they were going to change their mind. Most people didn't think they were going to change their mind. It turned out they didn't change the mind. So what we ended up with now was a second day at sea. An unprecedented or unexpected, it was precedented. I've done eight days at sea before. It was one eight of the worst days of my life. Um, oh, fuck's sake. Um, we're supposed to be playing Call of Duty, but my friend Tom has just got back and said that his computer did not update. So now I'm worried if mine didn't update. So what I'm going to have to do is turn it on and have a look. Uh, I'm checking. Now, bear with me, friends. Let's have a look. I need to see if my Call of Duty updated. What an arse. I forget about this, that every now and again, the game has to do a big update. And it's always like a ridiculous 30 gigabytes or whatever. And it takes forever. Now, I've got auto updates on my Xbox. But... Whether or not they worked is another story. It's a law unto itself. Right, I've turned the Xbox on and I've sat back down so we can have a look. Oh, it's saying two hours for him. Um, Jesus Christ, Tom. Um, anyway, so second day at sea, which was always going to be boring. And unsurprisingly, it was boring. But I did get a lot done and I wasn't displeased with that. And also, my show was that night. So it meant the audience had plenty of energy. So I did my show, and I'm pleased to say that both of my performances absolutely crushed. And, you know, you're up against it when you're working with acts as good as John and a show team as good as the show team were. You really have to be good. I knew I was going to have to be solid because all of the other entertainment that had been on was a very, very high standard. So I thought, I better be good. And so I was glad that I'd taken the cigar box juggling with me. I'd taken the multiplying bottles. I had some bigger props, bigger tricks, 
bigger ideas and I was ready to do a big show and it paid off perfectly. My sound check went without a hitch. Everybody was happy. My show was absolutely crushed. I felt just absolutely on fire and really, really with it. And I had great performances, which was a massive relief. And then I went and I packed all my stuff away that night. I went up to the late night buffet. I was very nice to myself. I had more than a burger or two. And um, it looks like my Call of Duty is updated, by the way. And uh, I had a few beers as well, which was pretty nice. Do enjoy a couple of beers on the ship when it's free and you can just go and pull them yourself. That's the other thing as well, as well as food. There's also just basically bar taps in the restaurants and stuff that you can just walk up to and fill your glass yourself. So say you want a pint of lager or a wine or red wine or white wine or whatever, they're all just there and you just walk up and you start the tap and you pour your own drink. So I had quite a few beers that way and it was pretty nice. Um, oh, Tom's saying that he tried to update his Call of Duty using his app for his PlayStation, but uh, that it didn't work. And because he's a silly arse, he didn't log in earlier and just check. His never updates. If you ever want to get into gaming, right, here's my tip. Do not buy a PlayStation. They're shit and they never update automatically like they want them to. Tom has this problem every time there's an update. Not kidding. Every time. So anyway, smash my shows. Then woke up uh, the next day and that's Sunday and I'm flying home. And Sunday was eventful. I had to go and check with immigration and be told by immigration that I must get this particular stamp on my passport, that I get to the airport and the airport go, we've got no idea what you're on about. Same as last time, do you remember seven weeks ago, the security guard told me, if you don't get this stamp, you'll have run the country, basically. You'll run away from the country and that's bad. But then you get to the airport and they have absolutely no idea what you're on about and they just let you leave. And then I came back with no issues as well. Very strange. So um, did all that. Managed to uh, get away, get on the plane. But while I was at the airport, suddenly uh, um, delay drops, an hour delay. I'm already flying at like 8 p.m., so I was pretty pissed off. By the time we got home, it was... Uh, I got in the house at 2.30 a.m. in the morning, which was a bit of a bummer. Joshua's coming in with his dinner. The dog's here. Oh, he's actually coming in with my dinner. Thanks, dude. Say hi to the friends on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, I didn't get in till 2.30 and I was a bit tired, but all was well. And um, when we were on the plane, it was quite funny because the plane was delayed and everyone was pissed off. And then the woman in front of me asked the stewardess to come over and asked if she could take a daughter in the cockpit for a photograph. And the stewardess looked at her like she had three heads, like, are you insane? We're an hour late taking off. And you want to delay the flight further so that your probably three-week-old baby <laughs> can get a photograph with the captain. And a few other people looked at her as if to say, if this happens, you're getting thrown out the window. So thankfully, the stewardess said, no, I'm sorry, we're about to take off. Um, that'll have to wait until we land and everyone's off the plane. So I finally got home, 2.30 a.m., and all was good. And then I've already told you about what happened back till Monday. And here's what's gone on now. Sarah's come in. Joshua's come in. Everyone's got dinner. Sarah's made this blue cheese chicken with um, broccoli. Even Doc's getting on the podcast. And some chips. So we're going to eat it. And all is good. Do you want to say hi to the friends? Properly now that you're in. Tell everyone how you're feeling. You're feeling good? 
Uh, Joshua, do you want to say anything to the friends? Don't say anything stupid because I can't cut it out now. I've done 40 minutes of recording. Just say hello and be normal. Everything I say is stupid. That's very true. That's my personality. Uh, that, that's very true. Say hi to the friends, baby. I said hello to the friends, hi to the friends, baby. I think they're all expected exactly that attitude from you there that you've delivered. You've just given them as much Sarah James as they were hoping for. We're keeping up character. That's right. <laughs> you are all keeping up character. Right, so I'm going to call it there. I did 40 minutes. I'll be back next week. I'm going to... Doc, Jesus Christ, shut up. I'm going to a magic. I'm going to a magic convention this week, and Sarah's going to see Rocky Horror and loads of different stuff happening. So I'll have plenty to talk about next week. So from me and the family, everyone say bye. Bye. Bye, bye friends. Oh, well done, Doc. Bye, everyone.